40 years as a congressman, the longest tenure in the nation's capital of any Kansan in history, Senator Pat Roberts delivered a final speech on the Senate floor Thursday. Roberts announced early last year he would not pursue re-election in 2020. Looking back in what he dubbed his Adios Amigos speech, Roberts reflected on his path to politics, time spent as chair of the Agriculture Committee in both the House and Senate, and the value of bipartisan efforts in passing meaningful legislation. I have done my best to improve the lives of Kansans and all Americans for decades to accomplish big and small things so that this generation and future generations might live and achieve the American dream. This is the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm Noah Taborda. In this episode, we look back on Robert's career through his final speech and parting words from some of his closest colleagues. The Topeka-born, Holton-raised, Kansas State University graduate said his first experience with public service came through journalism. As a fourth-generation Kansan, my great-grandfathers on both sides of the Roberts Patrick family were pioneer newspaper editors who came to Kansas as crusading abolitionists. To say I bleed fourth-generation printers, Inc. would be very close to the truth. It was his father, Charles Wesley Roberts, who most influenced him toward a career in public service, though. The elder Roberts began as a newspaper man like his forefathers before turning to a career in politics. He would eventually serve as the chairman of the Republican National Committee. Pat Roberts followed in an incredibly similar path. In his speech, Roberts noted how their careers came full circle through Dwight D. Eisenhower. His father helped elect Ike, and Pat helped commemorate the Kansas native through the Eisenhower Memorial in Washington, D.C. Like father, like son. I graduated from K-State with a degree in journalism. My father joined the Marines in World War II and saw action in both Okinawa and Iwo Jima. I was joined in peacetime, or I joined in peacetime, and served on Okinawa and was part of the first Marine contingent to return to Iwo Jima on the 15th anniversary of that battle. So from Marine captain to newspaper editor and news director of a radio station in Arizona, I dropped everything and drove to Washington when Senator Frank Carlson asked me to come and work for him. Robert said Carlson had a profound impact on him and, as he noted during his speech, provided invaluable advice on the importance of family. It was during this time Roberts met his wife, Frankie, with whom he has three sons. His experience in Kansas' first House district, or the Big First, working under Carlson and then-Republican Representative Keith Sebelius, led him to run for and win the district in 1980. Most sane candidates would not attempt to go door-to-door in a district larger than most states. However, with a lot of help, we want a tough primary and a not-so-tough general election. The first, the first of 24 straight victories. In the heavily Republican 1st District, Roberts was re-elected seven times without much difficulty. Each time, he accrued at least 60% of the vote. Roberts recalled how, in 1995, when Republicans gained the majority of the House seats for the first time in 40 years, he was elevated to chair of the House Agriculture Committee. He would serve in the role until he jumped to the U.S. Senate in 1997. Suddenly, I was chairman. In 1996, we achieved a major farm policy reform, changing 40 years of farm bill policy. To this day, 
Farmers still have the freedom to farm what they want. Roberts looked back proudly upon his work in agricultural matters. Beyond efforts to pass legislation, he highlighted his long-running partnership with Michigan Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat who served as Senate Agriculture Committee Chair before Roberts. Here he is on their combined efforts on the 2018 Farm Bill. We knew, regardless of what each of us wanted, passing a Farm Bill was paramount. We had an agreement, no surprises, no press the other one did not know about, and we held hearings together all over the country. I went to the campus of Michigan State and wore green and white. Deborah came to Kansas State and wore purple. We not only agreed to work together, we gave staff marching orders to do the same. We also became friends. I protected her, she protected me in conference, and we got 87 votes, setting a record for a farm bill. Standing right there now where our leader is now sitting. I was trying for 90. Speaking shortly after Roberts, Stabenow noted his importance to agriculture policy in the nation's capital. He's left a lasting imprint on farm and food policy in this country. As has been said, he's the only person to have written a farm bill as both chair of the House and the Senate agriculture committees. And those of us who have had the honor of working alongside Pat on the Senate agriculture Agriculture Committee know there's no other place like it. It's a place where we leave politics at the door and focus on ways we can improve people's lives and their livelihoods in rural America. We do that because we know agriculture isn't a red issue or a blue issue. Agriculture and food policy affect all of us, everyone, and nobody knows that better than Senator Roberts. Stabenow joked about Robert's long tenure, saying he may have advised George Washington on agriculture and food policy. She, too, looked back fondly on the 2018 Farm Bill, but said she knew long before then how unique Roberts is. From the moment I met him, it became abundantly clear that he was not the run-of-the-mill politician. Some say it's his unflappable nature. Others say it's his unique sense of humor. But to me... Pat Roberts is defined by his loyalty, his integrity, and his dedication to the people of Kansas. When Roberts became senator, he was succeeded by Jerry Moran in the Big First. Moran would go on to win his Senate seat in 2011, and the two have represented Kansas in the Senate since. In his farewell address to Roberts, Moran listed some of the traits that made the elder senator so popular. Chief among them was his unique sense of humor. He always has a way of bringing everyone together, often with a joke, ready to ease the tensions when things get stressful. His joke, I I always used to tell him that I I saw that once again you became the the funniest member of Congress. You got an award. He always would correct me. No, I'm not the funniest member. I'm the most humorous member. And so many times he's been designated the most humorous member of Congress. Moran and Roberts met in 1969, well before either was a congressman. Five years later, Moran became an intern in the office of the former representative, Keith Sibelius, working under none other than Roberts. From there, the relationship blossomed. Pat has been my boss for 45 years. (laughs) And I describe Pat as our most common, when I describe Pat, I tell people our most common conversation is never spoken. 
It's symbols. Pat does this. <laughs> Come here, sit down. And every time I tell Pat this, he, in his Jack Benny voice, will say, now cut that out. But for 45 years, come here, sit down. And Pat, while you discount that and I highlight it, it's been some of the most enjoyable time in my life where I've had the opportunity to be your friend and to listen to what you had to say. And I suppose if I thought long and hard, I might find something that wasn't good advice, but I can't remember it. So everything in those circumstances was something that I continue to value today. I learned something in every conversation. Putting a bow on his career, Roberts offered his thanks to his colleagues, his friends, and his family for aiding in his efforts. The final words of his speech offered hope that the Senate could become a body where bipartisanship is not such a foreign concept. The beauty is that we can decide what our normal is. We don't have to let circumstances dictate our future. Let us once again become a body of respect, humility, cooperation, achievement, and yes, friendship. So as my time in the Senate draws to a close, I have done my best to improve the lives of Kansans and all Americans for decades to accomplish big and small things so that this generation and future generations might live and achieve the American dream. To Kansas, I say a humble thank you. Thank you for the privilege of representing you in this great body. To my colleagues, thank you for fighting on behalf of our great nation and alongside me to preserve this chamber. It has been such a privilege. So as I ride off into the sunset to create a new normal for Frank and me, I will be cheering for the Senate to rebuild the bridges of comedy that will create a new normal. This has been another episode of the Kansas Reflector podcast. I'm your host, Noah Taborda. Tune in next week when Tim Carpenter sits down with Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt. Until then, thanks for listening.